News Talk's Executive Chair. Thanks to Linked Finance, the world has changed. It's about time finance changed too. Business lending for a digital age at linkedfinance.com. Yes, you're welcome back. Joining me in the Executive Chair this week is Brian O'Leary. He's the CEO and owner of the Dublin Meat Company. Brian, you're very welcome to the programme. Bobby. Now, nice to see you. Uh, we'll talk about the business and the products and all that in a, in a minute, but let's tell us a little bit about yourself. You grew up in the north side of the city. Your father was a butcher, as I understand it. Yeah. You attended art school reach there in Griffith Avenue. Griffith Avenue, yeah. Went yeah. to study business in uh, DCU. Um, went from there to London. I uh, was a currency trader in London for to eight years. This is what I find fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, so fr- from banker to butcher, as they say. Absolutely, so, yeah. so was that in kind of working in sort of high, high, uh, uh, high octane dealing rooms and all that sort yeah, of stuff? Yeah, we used to work in the in the dealing rooms in Dublin. In, sorry, in London. I, I worked for AIB over there actually. Um, yeah, it was high stress, high. Yeah, mm. and, and is the is there is there a lot of burnout in that game that you hear? You certainly uh, hear anecdotally that there is. is there it, is actually, yeah, yeah. It's is a, it is it it's sort of high act, fast pace, and then you know it's I, it's, it's fast pace, but it's uh, it's very rewarding. Um, yeah, it's it's busy, but it's not something you want to do with two or three kids. I mean, it's it's a young man's game. Yeah, um, but it, don't get me wrong, it was brilliant at the time. It was it was different times, I suppose. So long hours, and, good money, long uh, hours. Uh, work hard, play stress, hard stuff. Yeah, good yeah. money, uh, big bonuses, but you made a lot of money for the banks. And I mean, I essentially worked for myself, and then you just got a cut of whatever you made for the banks. Right, that was right. That was it back in the day. Okay, and why the change of heart then? When did you decide maybe that? Well, I came home to I came home after eight years, and I I, I got a job in a bank in Dublin. Uh, so I was doing the exact same thing in Dublin. Right. Uh, and fortunately enough, I got out uh, December 2007, just before it all. You dodged a bullet there. I do- dodged a good <laughs> missile. <laughs> yeah, and the business then obviously was going on. Your father had developed it. So you decided then maybe you'd, 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 you'd enter the family business. Yeah, basically my, my dad had a, a <clears throat> shop in Northside Shopping Centre for, for a long time, nearly 40 years. Uh, he saw the rents were spiralling through the roof. So he um, he set up the first Dublin Meat Company with my brother David, my youngest brother David. Um, about 12 years ago in Butterley Business Park in Artane. Uh, the concept was it was low, there was a low cost base so that the rent wouldn't be anywhere as, as near as uh, Northside Shopping Centre. Um, the low margins and we just passed all, any, all the savings to the consumer so it was extremely popular at the time. It was the first kind of meat outlet in Ireland. Yeah, uh, let's talk about that for a second because mm. I think that concept of you know, meat now being presented with marinades, with, you know, it, it's it, the, the the role of the butcher has been to add so much more value in yeah. some ways. It's it's, to- it's totally changed. So you're not, you're looking primarily in these outlets at a, at a at a packaged end solution. Yeah, well, we do a bit of both. I mean, you can come in and buy a pound of mints, but, you, but most people come in and get their weekly shop. So our average spend will be maybe 30 quid. Right. Um, but we, we've kind of moved from there. So we still provide the traditional side of your roasts, your mince, your, your lumps of ham, corned beef, that kind of stuff. And we've moved into, a, I suppose, 50, 60% of our business now is, our, is a fit food range. So it's, it's moving with the times. Yeah. And can I ask then how that fit food range, and you can maybe explain what it is for us in a second, but how does that dovetail in with, with a, a, a traditional butcher's? Yeah, I suppose it's just supply and demand. You yeah, know, you know, there's been a cultural shift in Ireland. I mean, the younger people are more aware of what they look like. They're in the gyms. Uh, I suppose maybe five years ago, people realised, okay, let's go to the gym. But then the penny dropped. There's no point in going to the gym if you're eating rubbish. Yeah. So 
the younger people are, I suppose, are driving this. So they know what they're eating. The first thing they do when they pick up a product now is look at the back of the pack, which is the macros, and many carbs and much protein, this kind of stuff. So uh, we kind of picked up on that and developed it. And, you know, we sell low fat mints, uh, a lot of turkey burgers. Yeah. Uh, we, we sell them. Um, I see my own girls eating all yeah, this sort of stuff. It's, you it's know, to- it's totally changed. Yeah. And even my, my son, like I have a four year old son. Like they're being encouraged even in school now, you know, don't bring in rubbish. You can't bring in bags of crisps or whatever. I mean. So it is moving, you know, it, it's, it's a positive change for the country. So when you're marketing and selling this product, so the, clearly the consumer from this is a younger consumer. So you're seeing that again would encourage it. Like it's always good to be, I suppose, dealing with a younger consumer in that if you get them, you can keep them for life. Absolutely. So I mean, that's that's the future of the business. Yeah. I mean, the younger, the younger likes of my wife and I mean, we've three young kids. I mean, she's going to be buying me for these three boys for the rest of her life. You know, and that's that's the that's the future. That's where the, where the growth is. Tell me, Brian, and my guest is Brian O'Leary. He's the CEO and owner of a Dublin Meat Company. Tell me about meat sales online. Again, it's something that probably has grown relatively quickly in the last number of years. But, you know, as a as a consumer, do I want to go and see the meat? Do I want to go and see the butcher boning it out? Do I, or am I happy to say, give me this leg of lamb boned and rolled and deliver it to my house? Well, I suppose it's a lot of it's got to do with trust. Yeah. You know, um, like we have seven shops, we have five in Dublin and two in Drogheda. Uh, and over time, we've seen the, the growth of the online business. You know, it's uh, people will start ordering the easy stuff like the chicken fillets and the mints. And then over time, that when the trust, I mean, they'll get, get involved with the fit, <coughs> fit food stuff. Um, steaks then lumps of roast beef but the majority of our online sales is with the younger customer it's our fitness range it's the protein pots it's our dinners it's, it's all which again is interesting isn't it yeah, uh, and tell me about a lot of a lot of food people or food businesses have struggled with online delivery in terms of making it pay so is the model really that you know this is the cost of the leg of lamb and whatever else it is the fit food range and this is um, will people pay for delivery People are prepared to pay for delivery, but it, it has to be reasonable. You know, uh, we originally had our delivery charge at seven euros and the feedback we we're getting was just too much. So uh, like people will order a Chinese or an Indian or a, a takeaway and pay three, four quid and won't think about it. So we've what we've done is we've just taken the feedback and we said, OK, our delivery charge now anywhere in Dublin, seven days a week is three ninety five, which is less than the price of a point. Yeah, you said something interesting there, interesting there where you got the seven shops, five in Dublin and two in Drada. I think if you have a business and you have reputation and people know you, it's probably easier to sell online because, as you say, you've built up that trust Absolutely. with people. So consumers who typically would have visited the shop in Drogheda or whatever are quite happy because they know who they're buying from. Absolutely. And, it, you know, it, it, the economy's taken off. Uh, it's about time now for people, you know. So we do a click and collect service as well, which is obviously part of the online app and the website. And you'd be amazed about the people that will order on the bus on the way home and just come in and pick it up. And it's, it might save them 10, 15 minutes. But once they're comfortable with the product and once they're comfortable with the brand, they'll have no problem with it. What about uh, people's views on traceability? Uh, how interested in your view are people, you know, when they come in? I know with chicken particularly, mm. people want to know it's an Irish chicken, yeah. uh, that it hasn't come from wherever yeah. Yeah. and been shipped through Belgium and been called. So so in terms of giving people the information, the, the traceable information they need, where, where do you stand on all that? The two big things, I suppose, at the moment is traceability and recycle. Everything needs to be re- recyclable now. So our, our big push on the traceability side, it's, it's Facebook, Instagram, social media. Everything gets, I suppose, communicated to the customer through that. Okay. Uh, in addition, uh, the way labeling has gone these days, you know, everything has to be transparent on the back of a label. No matter what you sell, you have to have yeah. 
uh, where it was cut, where it was uh, the origin, um, <coughs> pack dates, etc. So it's 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 gone nearly from one extreme to the other. I mean, there's been there was no regulation, and now there's uh, nearly too much regulation. Um, yeah, you mentioned uh, you you mentioned packaging as well. Don't we often see, you know, where again when things are displayed, plastic and plastic on top of mm. it, and you know, uh, foam and all sorts mm. of plastics. I suppose when it comes to displaying the product, are you saying less is more there? Absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. I mean, does it? We when we launched the pots as an example, I was amazed the amount of people that were conscious about. Uh, is the pot recyclable is the lid recyclable is everything and it has to be recyclable and it, that's just the way business is going in general not just yeah. in butchering so do you see the future of the business Brian uh, you're, you're, you're in online you're in a kind of a I, I suppose a, a sports healthy uh, meat range as well what direction do you see the business going over the next number of years because you've your, you've your foot in a number of camps at the moment yeah um like retail in general is struggling, and uh, not just butchering, but retail in general is struggling. So I think you have to be ahead of the curve, you know. So that's why we we've moved into the fitness side of it, you know. In addition to the tr- traditional side of it, like we haven't stopped that, so it's it's another arm, I suppose. Um, that's why we've moved into the uh, online side of the business. So you need to be ahead of the uh, ahead of the curve, one step ahead of the the, the consumer. Uh, I find as well, like if you go over to the likes of the UK and see what's happening in the UK, we're generally three, four, five years behind the likes of London. Um, so, oh, what what do you what are you seeing in London that excites you? Um, people are far more health conscious in, in London. Yeah. Um, you know, you go around to where the, where the tubes are, the small shops selling pots, selling um, handy, convenient, healthy snacks, um, and that's where the the idea for these pots came in. Okay, well, it's lovely to talk to you this morning. It's Brian O'Leary there. He's the CEO and owner of the Dublin Meat Company. Thanks for joining us, Brian. Great to see you. Thank you very much. Right, I'm afraid that's all we got time for today, folks. Remember, next Saturday we'll have a, an Entrepreneur of the Year special on at 8 o'clock, the earlier hour of 8 o'clock. Thank producer John Fardy, researcher Sarah Ruan, Jojo Cardoza was on sound. I'll be back tomorrow at 9 o'clock with Bobby's Late Breakfast. I'm going to be talking to the rugby legend Rob Carney. Bagatelle, yes, they're live in the studio. And Thelma and Louise are in the cultural toolbox. Stay tuned for Future Proof with Jonathan McRae. And as always, have a wonderful weekend. 